Welcome to This Week in the State Line, a conversation with the local people and local topics you care about. This Week in the State Line is on the air. I'm Steve Summers being joined by Zach Satterley from Lifescape. We start off here. And good morning, Zach. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Thank you. So, Lifescape, tell us a little bit about what services Lifescape provides and to whom in the State Line. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, we're most recognized for our Meals on Wheels program. Um, but we provide a large variety of services in eight counties of Illinois um, aimed at keeping older adults independent, healthy, connected, and living in their homes as long as possible. So have have you seen a big increase in needs for wheels, meals on wheels because of the COVID? We sure have. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been wild since uh, the beginning of COVID. Uh, we've probably added on average 600 meals a day. So we were doing around we were doing around 800, um, and now we're doing closer to 13, 1400 meals every single day, um, and that obviously fluctuates. Wow! So without the service, a lot of people would be hungry. Yeah, yeah. So it's a program we pride ourselves on. Um, at the beginning of COVID, we decided to re- drop any restrictions, and anyone who calls in um, over the age of 60 can get registered, no questions asked beyond that. Wow. All right. So that's Lifescape Services at 815-963-1609. You have a food drive coming up and uh, you partnered with some pretty special people. You want to just recap that a little bit? Sure. So we got our food box drive through coming up on February 10th. It'll be uh, the second one we're putting on and we're running it with Heartland Community Church, just a wonderful partner um, that loves helping the community. Uh, and it, this one's really special because we had a donor from our retired and senior volunteer program, which is a program we run here, um, who wanted to donate the entire cost of the event. He asked me, how much does it cost? I told him $20,000. He says, I want to pay for the whole thing. So um, we're really blessed to have a Jay, um, the, the donor, to put this event on for us. Uh, truly a blessing. So uh, have you had a lot of people in the community step up during the pandemic to help out LifeScape? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, that's some silver lining to this pandemic is that we have seen the community embrace us and, and help us whenever asked. At the beginning, we asked for volunteers because we needed them desperately in the kitchen. We were flooded with, with people contacting us to help. Um, you know, we received generous donations. Um, people like to help. Uh, it's a part of being in the, in the Rockford community. And um, we've been feeling the love during this pandemic. We're talking to Zach Satterley from Lifescape this morning. So uh, I'm, I'm a little confused. All the food is donated to you, or are you making all these meals each and every day? So we, so for Meals on Wheels, all of our, our meals, we, we make those. We, we produce those in a kitchen. For the senior food box drive through that we're doing, this is something that was donated the money, and we're buying money. We're buying through Schnucks. Uh, we're buying all the food for that. So that's non-perishables. Um, a few perishables, and these are food boxes that we're going to be handing out. But for Meals on Wheels, um, that's all produced by our hardworking kitchen staff every single day. They'll put into our 20-something vehicles, and, and they have hot and cold systems built right into them. And then they're delivered hot to our seniors' doorstep. You would have to have some kind of system with you know, 1,300 meals every single day. Now, this is once a day, correct? Not three meals a day. Yeah, it's once a day. Uh, we can work with seniors who need more meals to get them, you know, a cold meal or, or something to put in their freezer for the time being. But um, our drivers are doing the, the great work every single day. Um, one thing that people don't realize is it's not only a meal, but it's a safe check-in. A lot of these seniors do not see anyone else. During the day, these, these drivers are the only people they see. 
Um, and I'll, I'll say on the behalf of our drivers, thank you to them because it, it saved lives, and it commonly does. You know, where we we um, find people who who do not see anyone else, there you know there might not be someone answering the door. That usually does. So we we contact emergency services, um, and that's uh, you know just as important as getting a meal. Some of these people don't see someone during the day. You never think of that aspect of LifeScape. You think of the meals on wheels, but it is a uh, a point of contact with the outside world for a lot of people. And I bet you the pandemic has created a lot of issues. Yes, you're, uh, you're, you're definitely right on that. It's, it's, it's pushing people to isolate themselves. And we've been telling people we cannot further socially isolate these seniors because they're already isolated. So one thing you can do, um, anyone that's listening, is, is pick up the phone and check on the older adults in your life. So call your grandparents, your aunts, uncles, um, a friend you haven't talked to in a while, just check on them, see how they're doing, um, anything you can safely help them with. Um, that That's something that's very important during this pandemic because we cannot further socially isolate these these older adults who are already socially isolated. So the drivers and your volunteers, is it all volunteers? Are they trained, specifically trained? Anyone retired can help out or are you looking for volunteers? Yeah, that's a great question. So pandemic's made it a little harder with volunteers. We're always taking volunteers in. Um, we have a, a retired and senior volunteer program aimed specifically for seniors who want to volunteer. Um, but our kitchen is mostly staffed by um, paid employees, but we do have some dedicated volunteers who are in there every single day delivering meals. Um, so that's something that we, we're constantly needing volunteers for. If anyone's interested in volunteering, they can go onto our website, lifescapeservices.org, and they can uh, fill out an application on there. Uh, so again, if you need a meal, that is 963-1609, Or again, your website is what? It is lifescapeservices.org. Lifescape, lifescapeservices.org, lifescape. All right, great. So uh, where are you actually located? Because if you're serving eight counties, there has to be a hub. Yeah, so we, we, are, in se- we are at 705 Kilburn Avenue um, in Rockford, Illinois. Um, and so when I say we serve eight counties, that depends on the service we're providing. We provide uh, Meals on Wheels in four of those counties. So we provide them in Boone, Winnebago, Ogle, and Lee counties. And then we do um, health promotions throughout all of our counties, as well as we do, um, we have an office in Rock Falls that does like adult protective services and casework services. That still is mind-boggling because the cost of fuel and maintenance on the vehicles and these meals are being delivered each and every day. Is that seven days a week? Uh, it's five days a week. All right. But if but if but again, if if the senior needs extra food over the weekend, we'll make sure to get it to them, and um, it's at no cost to them. Uh, but the cost, the expenses have to be astronomical when you think about it, because you're like a delivery service. You you you're correct. <laughs> yeah. So that you know, there's there's costs you don't even think of. I mean, working here, I've learned of the maintenance cost that goes into our vehicles every single year, and it's. it's it's crazy. So, um, you know, we're, we're, of course, always accepting donations, and those donations add up. I can tell you that during this pandemic that any bit that anyone can give um, really, really helps, and it goes directly to serving seniors within your community. Um, you can see the impact. Um, we feel it every day when we when we uh, serve our seniors. So, if, Is there any support from the state, or is it strictly funded by the local community. No, we, we, we do get uh, state and federal funding, and then we um, we have partners that that generously donate. I mean, we have United Way. Uh, sometimes will help out. With, they'll they'll help out and, and donate to us. Um, during the pandemic, we've had actually a few big um, big companies reach out and do a little bit extra to help out. Um, one example is that at the beginning of the pandemic, is uh, Hormel 
um, I believe it's Rochelle Food Group, reached out and said, we got a bunch of shelf-stable meals. Do you guys want them? And then they also threw in a donation on top of it. So, um, like I said, we've, we've been, there, there's been a silver lining that we've really felt support uh, from the community during this pandemic. LifeScapeServices.org. Lifescape Services, something that we should all know about in the community. Um, the unseen heroes that don't get noticed very much. You know, talk about essential workers. I think you kind of fill that bill right now. I, I can't take it, but I can tell you the, the, the people who are doing our direct service do. Our, our drivers, our caseworkers, um, our adult day program staff, everyone out there doing that work. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing a wonderful, wonderful job during this, this pandemic. And they're also doing a good job of keeping our seniors safe with all the precautions we're taking. Well, God bless the work that you're doing at Lifescape Services. And again, if you are in need of assistance, 963-1609. Get more details that way. And as you said, Zach, just a phone call to the elderly can change your life. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Zach Satterley. We appreciate your time this morning. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. That's Lifescape Services here in the area. And this week in a state line rolls on next. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to weigh on us all, but we can turn worry into action. Wear a mask and keep six feet of space between yourself and others in public. Wash your hands often and stay home if you're sick. Go to cdcfoundation.org to learn more. This week in the state line rolls on. I'm Steve Summers being joined by... Mayor Chamberlain, Mike Chamberlain from the city of Belvedere. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm terrific. How are you, Steve? Always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, Last time we talked about COVID-19 and the effects in the community, so it was time for an update. Um, How is Belvedere doing here as we get into 2021? Well, uh, the good news is this. We are stable. Our economy is not great, but it's better than a lot of places. We have a balanced budget, and we have been prudent with our money, so we're going to be fine going forward. We're, we're ready to start to rock and roll in the new world. Um, as far as COVID goes, uh, the plan is emerging. As you know, there are, are various uh, different programs that the state is pushing out, and we have created a couple of programs here through a leadership group we called Forward Bone that people can, it's not a registry, but people can give us their contact information, and we push out every new bit of information we get from our health department and the state about when people are going to be able to get vaccinated, uh, and we have their contact information, which we can then share with the health department, etc. The first day that that went up through Growth Dimensions and Forward Boone, we had like 1,800 people give the information. We are we're hearing as things unfold that there are a lot of programs that are being initiated by our manufacturing. The Chrysler plant, or Stellantis, as it is now called, is uh, in a relationship with the Swedish American Hospital here in Belvedere for a program uh, as a clinic for the employees there, and they're also going to be working together to vaccinate the Chrysler employees. Magna, which is a, a supplier for the Chrysler plant, Uh, has offered to hire their uh, own staff of nurses, et cetera, when the vaccines become available to administer to their employees and families. And I think that's the model that's going to start to catch on. That's truly amazing. It's the community coming together for the community. We're just not sitting around waiting for the health department or, 
you know, a medicine, a doctor or someone to come knocking on your door. Absolutely. You know, there's, you get a lot of garbled information these days from things, and I understand that, and it's not on purpose. I think a lot of times the higher up you go on the chain with, with the government, the more confused they are about how they're going to do this and do that. So here in Belvedere, we always try to say, okay, what can we do to get this process rolling, whether it's economic development or, in this case, the, the vaccine distribution. So we have a lot of really willing people here that want to work together and want to do the best that they can for the community, and I am blessed in that fact. I was going to say, as a mayor, that's kind of like the ultimate goal for every mayor in the area. I, I would agree. I have, a, I jokingly, when, when I was elected for my second term, I refer to people, uh, a special group called the Fabulous 50. And it goes like this. When I first was elected, I had about five people that I knew really well that I knew I could count on in the community to at least start a discussion and help moving things forward. And that number continues to grow. And so, hence, the Fabulous 50. And there's more than 50 on that on that uh, list now. This summer, uh, we had no food insecurity. We still have no food insecurity in, in Belvedere and Boone County. Uh, we pushed out food through a location at General Mills Park. Every day of the week in the mornings from 10 to 12, people could just come and get as many breakfasts and lunches as they needed. We put them in their car, and they take them home. And we fed thousands and thousands and thousands of meals in this community. We also don't have any homelessness. Anybody that, that wants to be homeless and walk around and not belong somewhere can do so. But at the same time, there is shelter available 24-7 for everybody who needs it in this community. And there have been families that have needed a lot of help. This has been a very complicated year for everybody. And I think because we are the size we are, about 26,000, that we're able to maybe do some things that larger communities have way more uh, fences to jump to get to the same place. And I have to tell you that I am so proud of the city of Belvedere and our medical personnel and our first responders. Um, they have done a terrific job, and we have been able to come together as a community and do the best we can. I noticed that City Hall has uh, opened back up, so I would imagine there will be more uh, meetings and the, the council be able to get together and such? We've had uh, Zoom council meetings for quite some time. Actually, they're not Zoom, they're call-in. Mm-hmm. And we have between two and four of the ten that come on a regular basis so we can be socially distanced and all of that thing. Uh, the rest call in. Uh, we kind of leave it up to them right now because there's still an, an increase in the number of tests. And so we still have some issues that we need to clear up. And we don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable about coming to council live if they've been exposed to somebody or they have elderly folks at home. Um, we're being... It's kind of like everybody figure out their own way to communicate. So typically we'll have uh, all 10 of our councilmen attending one way or another. Uh, we have had a few more of late start to come back to meetings. Uh, I, I like face-to-face meetings. We're still not at a point where we're scheduling a lot of meetings with our civic organizations that are face-to-face, like Growth Dimensions and the Chamber. Again, it's, it's optional about how you want to attend because, you know, for a long period of time, we've had a very high rate of infection here. And and honestly, as we delved into that and tried to get to the baseline of why that is, it's really because we, we've been testing incessantly. Uh, and as you know, some people test positive uh, who didn't even know that they were sick, right? Right. And so right. it's a learning curve for all of us. 
and we finally got our positivity rate within a normal uh, range. Uh, the, the saddest thing for me is how we've lost some of our most valuable citizens, our, our elderly here, because of the issues that we've had with nursing homes like everybody else. But right. um, unfortunately, life that you learn as you go along. In retrospect, I'm sure there are things that we all wish we had done sooner or done better. But I will tell you that there is optimism again here uh, about looking for the sunshine and what we're going to be able to accomplish as this starts, the, the pandemic starts to wind down and sure. have the ability to vaccinate everybody that wants to get vaccinated. Well, you answered my question about the positivity rate being so high. It's because you do so many tests, and that is probably one of the uh, the biggest things that uh, that I'm hearing is out of Boone County. That number's high because we're testing everybody. The health we, department, yeah. Amanda, said to us months ago that she thought that probably everybody here would get exposed to it and that we just had to incessantly test and try to figure out ways to, to deal with that over here at Boone County. A little bullheaded about a few things. And we've had some issues uh, with people being willing to wear masks and do those things. I think everybody, as time has gone on, has realized that this is about people's lives and about their families and about everybody in the community and have set aside some of the ideas that were put out there about certain things. You know, when, when mm-hmm. you see somebody in your family get sick from this, and you have to look at them through a glass window, and you can't hold their hand or, or be with them until they get better or until they're gone. That changes the way people think about things. It surely does. The uh, school system, how are the schools handling COVID, and, and how do you feel about the, uh, the the school situation, the sports and such in your town? Well, you know we're sports nuts over here. And yeah. it, it's been very troubling that our kids couldn't even practice. Um, we had a lot of parents reach out. Because the school board had decided a couple of months ago in a meeting not to to go live again with kids in school, but now we have kids in school. Uh, not all the kids. There were three different options for, for people on how they want to do school. But I've had a lot of parents reach out to me when, when schools were not in session and can we get the, the kids together, the boys and girls together, three or four at a time to play basketball at the Y? And, of course, you couldn't do that. Um, now things are going to start to open up again. But one of the things that we were working uh, on trying to do was find alternative things for the kids to do, uh, volunteer to help with things in the community. And you'd be surprised uh, the number of high school kids that were wanting to get engaged and handing out meals or, or working in the community to, to communicate with people. We have a, a really cool thing that's going on right now that um, Senator Steverson uh, and I and uh, Chairman Shirelli uh, in Rockford are doing. We're asking people to send in Valentine cards to our offices, and we're amassing tons of Valentine cards, which we'll all sign, and then we'll take a round to the, the nursing homes and the senior centers, and they can hand out Valentine's cards to the folks. Everybody will get two or three Valentine's cards, and I thought that was a fun thing to do, um, and we're going to get some of the kids involved in that too. And, you know, that just touch a contact point from the outside world for any senior, anyone really at this point, is a blessing, and uh, that's how you do it. Forward Belvedere, forward Boone, uh, it's a great um, attitude that I'm hearing through your voice, so things are positive in Belvedere. We're on the way back, uh, and, you, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with we have a small-town attitude about things, but we're a small city, a very progressive small city, so you can do both things, you know. Sure. We can progress. We'd like to see more people come and enjoy the benefits of living in Belvedere. 
which there are many, low crime, great schools, beautiful parks. Um, we're, we're a neighbor, a family-oriented uh, community of neighborhoods, and we, we'd like to, to attract some, some new folks to live here with us. Always a pleasure to talk to you, sir, and uh, let's not keep uh, another year go by. Let's talk more often oh, about Belvedere. I love it. Goodness, no. Let, let's do that on a regular basis. It's always a joy talking to you. You have Absolutely. a great day. That is uh, Mike Chamberlain, the mayor of Belvedere, on This Week in the State Line. We roll on next. The National Runaway Safe Line helps keep America's runaway, homeless, and at-risk youth safe and off the streets. We're here to help 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, through the 800-Runaway Hotline, as well as online services at 1-800-Runaway.org. Welcome back to This Week in the State Line. I am Steve Summers, joined by Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Good morning, Steve. Thrilled to be with you. Great. So let's start off with the Illinois Snow Sculpting Competition. The Rockford Park District nailed it when they moved it to this week with the cold and snow. Um, what an impressive showing for our city. It really is remarkable. I mean, this is the 35th annual. I believe they have nine state teams, eight high school teams, and one exhibition team. And uh, I urge everyone to head on down and take a look at the snow sculptures. It'll bring you... Uh, a great sense of uh, joy during this uh, really difficult last 12 months. And it's free family fun, and they'll keep the sculptures up as long as they're safe. So with the weather the way it is, probably forever. So just saying. So, <laughs> uh, While we're talking about snow, the uh, road crews, of course, big storms every weekend, it seems. You've got to be impressed with uh, their results. They're really doing a good job. You know, they really are doing a wonderful job this year. Uh, Kyle Saunders is our public works director, and he, he would tell you he has a great team, and he does. Uh, but they have really, they do great planning for these larger snow events, and I think they've, by and large, done a really fin- fantastic job this year. So that is a great thing. And you can follow along. I know the city of Rockford has all kinds of tracking devices to find out where snow plows are and stuff. So you can go to the City of Rockford website and Facebook page to get those links? You can. We actually have a residential plowing map, and it highlights those that are complete in working condition or still pending with green, yellow, and red. And you can see where your home is and where uh, the plows have been and are going. Which is awesome. Uh, Monday will be the deadline for the NIU scholarship deadline, the Rockford Promise, which you're very proud of and you put together. So is this the first deadline? This is the first deadline. and It's just terribly exciting uh, what's transpired. So we have, as of I think yesterday, about 196 applicants. And if you think about that, that's 196 kids in our community, who many of which would not have had the opportunity to uh, further themselves uh, with education. And with this tuition uh, being free to them and this NIU Rockford Promise Scholarship, now they have that opportunity. And that's really wonderful for them. And as we know what education does, that's great for their families to come in generations. And it's really great for our city. So does that mean 196 students will get the scholarship, or is there another process? So there's uh, really two uh, two pieces to that. One, we'll verify that all 196 live within the city of Rockford and meet the guidelines that they go to Rockford Public Schools and get a 3.0. And I would venture to guess the vast majority of those do. Um, and then there's uh, the process that they obviously do have to apply 
uh, with Northern Illinois University, and uh, but I think you're going to find the vast majority of these uh, scholarships uh, applicants, 196, will be attending Northern Illinois University. Totally amazing. So the Rockford Promise uh, looking like it's going to be quite successful. Can't wait to hear more. So the next step from schooling and college would be getting a job, and I know the city of Rockford is hiring. Do you want to expand on that a little bit and where to sign up? So we are. You can. Uh, we the city of Rockford is hiring, and you can go to the city of Rockford's website under employment opportunities. And we are hiring for a number of positions actually over at the Family Peace Center at this time. Uh, and so those positions are are really impactful. Obviously, the Family Peace Center works for uh, works with individuals uh, who have been impacted by domestic violence or sexual. Uh, assaults. Uh, there's also other positions that are available from an economic development manager, a traffic signal repairer, an assistant city attorney, a senior engineering technician, and then family support specialists as well as Head Start teachers. And again, just go to rockfordil.gov and uh, look at the opportunities. We we really want to make sure that we get great people to continue to serve our residents so well. On a different note, have you felt it? Maybe it's just me, but it feels like a lot of the uh, businesses, the restaurants, they all kind of exhaled a little bit. The, the mitigations kind of loosened up a bit, and restaurants are back in operation again, which is kind of nice. It really is nice, and I think they probably have exhaled a little bit. I, but I would say, you know, they still are really struggling. Uh, and I think they're struggling just because, there's a large portion of our community who are still very concerned about uh, the pandemic and don't want to leave their homes and dine in, and some don't want to leave their homes and pick up food. And so uh, those who can, uh, please do. Even if you're not feeling you know, comfortable to dine in, pick up food to go. Uh, over the weekend, there's a number of opportunities that you have. Uh, make sure that you're trying to, if you're able, to patronize those local restaurants. And we're still doing all that we can to advocate, especially right now at the federal level, to receive direct assistance so that we can provide them even further assistance. Well said. It is a weekend, so why not? Um, one other thing about the uh, the sales tax referendum coming up. We talked about it last week. Have you received any more information about that? People responding? Are you hearing anything more? Because it's been all positive vibes on my side. You know, it has been, uh, by and large, all positive. So this is simply an extension of our existing road referendum. So it's no new taxes. It's no new increase. Uh, the investment is really seen on our roads each and every year. So we get, as we mentioned last week, about 14 to $16 million in sales tax. And then we uh, almost every year more than double that in road work being done in our community. So we're able to leverage these dollars. We're able to reduce people's property taxes and put more money into our streets that obviously need a little bit of TLC. And I know that the uh, the referendum is going to be voted on in February, right? February 23rd, for some reason, comes to it mind. It is. It's voted on on February 23rd, and I'd urge all Rockfordians to vote yes. Uh, there is a citizen-led campaign, so you'll start seeing yard signs probably this weekend and early next week uh, pop up around, and you can... Uh, Get involved, request a yard sign, uh, or just read up about the road referendum at rebuildingrockford.com. And uh, citizens are also getting mailers. Uh, I believe uh, they've mailed out two mailers now, and I think have two or three more to come. And I know you've been very, very busy, and we've covered uh, quite a bit here. Is there anything that we're missing, anything else you would like to bring up? No, uh, you know, 
The only thing I would say is we continue to move in the right direction on, on two areas. One is uh, the casino. There was a lot of discussion because the Illinois Gaming Board met this week, uh, and they did not make a final vote. Uh, and so I've heard a couple of whispers saying, oh, well, you know, this is another delay. I don't see it that way. This is uh, actually a really good opportunity that the city of Rockford was uh, selected first to go through this process. I think that says something about what our local process was, as well as our international brand that we're bringing to this uh, community and state in Hard Rock Casino. So they, Hard Rock provided them, uh, the Illinois Gaming Board, a presentation this week. Uh, my understanding is late next week the Illinois Gaming Board will meet again. At that point, uh, you may begin to see some votes, but we knew they were the vote this week. Other item that I wanted to just touch on, we are really moving in the right direction with our positivity rate decreasing and more and more vaccinations being implemented every day. Uh, I would just say, please don't lose focus. I know we're moving in the right direction. We have this new phase four. Restaurants and bars are starting to open. Everything's starting to feel a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a touch of normalcy, but still remain focused. Wear that face covering, practice social distancing when able, and wash your hands frequently because uh, in, until we continue uh, to get everyone vaccinated, the threat's still out there, and we obviously uh, don't want to and quite honestly can't afford to go backwards. And the vaccination will take time. It's just a, a process we have to work through, and every day is a, another shot for someone, so we just keep moving forward. It really is. Uh, we've done about 15,000, maybe now 16,000 vaccinations, and uh, that sounds like a lot, but we have a long way to go. Uh, and it, there's so many complexities with this, so please do have some patience. What you hear is happening in some states or in some communities will be different than here. Uh, one good example is here, our Phase 1A, uh, we have three health systems. Most communities do not have three health systems. So we have about 10,000 healthcare workers. Uh, and so a lot of communities may not have a very large Phase 1A healthcare group. And so they're more, they're able to move more quickly into Phase B, uh, 1B, which is 65 and older and essential workers. So that's why you're starting to see some differences is based on population, based on uh, industries that are prevalent in areas. And so Rockford being a big city, it's going to take some time. Well, thank you, Tom, for your time. And here's to a yes vote for the casinos on February 4th. I think it's Thursday. And uh, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about next week. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Join us next Sunday morning at 6 for another edition of This Week in the State Line. Or subscribe to the podcast at rockfordradio.com. This Week in the State Line is produced by Midwest Family Illinois.